Chapter Ten of the Patchwork Girl of Oz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Inga Parsons, Marblehead, Massachusetts. The Patchwork Girl of Oz by L. Frank Baum. Chapter Ten: Shaggy Man to the Rescue. They had not gone very far before Bungle, who had run on ahead, came bounding back to say that the road of yellow bricks was just before them. At once they hurried forward to see what this famous road looked like. It was a broad road, but not straight, for it wandered over hill and dale, and picked out the easiest places to go. All its length and breadth was paved with smooth bricks of a bright yellow color. So it was smooth and level, except in a few places where the bricks had crumbled or been removed, leaving holes that might cause the unwary to stumble. I wonder," said Ojo, looking up and down the road, "which way to go." "What are you bound for?" asked the Woozy. "The Emerald City," he replied. "Then go west," said the Woozy. "I know this road pretty well, for I've chased many a honeybee over it." Have you ever been to the Emerald City? Asked Grabs. No, I am very shy by nature, as you may have noticed. So I haven't mingled much in society. Are you afraid of men? Inquired the Patchwork Girl. Me, with my heart-rending growl, my horrible shudderful growl, I should say not. I am not afraid of anything, declared the Woozy. I wish I could say the same. Sighed Ojo, "I don't think we need to be afraid when we get to the Emerald City, for Unc Nunkie has told me that Ozma, our girl ruler, is very lovely and kind, and tries to help every one who is in trouble. But they say there are many dangers lurking on the road to the Great Bear City, and so we must be very careful." I hope nothing will break me. Said the glass cat in a nervous voice, "I'm a little brittle, you know, and can't stand many hardened hocks. If anything should fade the colors of my lovely patches, it would break my heart," said the patchwork girl. "I'm not sure you have a heart," Ojo reminded her. "Then it would break my cotton," persisted Scraps. "Do you think they are all fast colors, Ojo?" she asked anxiously. "They seem fast enough when you run," he replied. And then, looking ahead of them, he exclaimed, "Oh, what lovely trees!" They were certainly pretty to look upon, and the travelers hurried forward to observe them more closely. "Why, they are not trees at all," said Scraps. "They're just monstrous plants." That is what they really were—masses of great broad leaves, which rose from the ground far into the air until they towered twice as high as the top of the patchwork girl's head, who was a little taller than Ojo. The plants formed rows on both sides of the road, and from each plant rose a dozen or more of the big broad leaves, which swayed continually from side to side, although no wind was blowing. But the most curious thing about the swaying leaves was their color; they seemed to have a general groundwork of blue. But here and there, other colors glinted at times through the blue—gorgeous yellows turning to pink, purple, orange, and scarlet, mingled with more sober browns and grays, each appearing as a blotch or stripe anywhere on a leaf and then disappearing, to replace by some other color of a different shape. The changeful coloring of the great leaves was very beautiful. 
but it was bewildering as well, and the novelty of the scene drew our travelers close to the line of plants where they stood watching them with rapt interest. Suddenly, a leaf bent lower than usual and touched the patchwork girl. Swiftly, it enveloped her in its embrace, covering her completely in its thick folds, and then it swayed back upon its stem. Why, she's gone! gasped Ojo in amazement and listening carefully. He thought he could hear the muffled screams of scraps coming from the center of the folded leaf. But before he could think what he ought to do to save her, another leap bent down and captured the glass cat, rolling around the little creature until she was completely hidden and then straightening up again upon its stem. Look out! cried the woozy. Run, run fast, or you are lost! Ojo turned and saw the woozy running swiftly up the road, but the last leaf of the row of plants seized the beast even as he ran and Instantly he disappeared from sight. The boy had no chance to escape. Half a dozen of the great leaves were bending toward him from different directions, and as he stood hesitating, one of them clutched him in its embrace. In a flash he was in the dark. Then he felt himself gently lifted until he was swaying in the air with the folds of the leaf hugging him on all sides. At first he struggled hard to escape, crying out in anger, Let me go! Let me go! But neither struggles nor protests had any effect whatever. The leaf held him firmly, and he was a prisoner. Then Ojo quieted himself and tried to think. Despair fell upon him when he remembered that all his little party had been captured, even as he was, and there was none to save them. I might have expected it. He sobbed miserably. I'm Ojo the unlucky, and something dreadful was sure to happen to me. He pushed against the leaf that held him and found it to be soft but thick and firm. It was like a great bandage all around him, and he found it difficult to move his body or limbs in order to change their position. The minutes passed and became hours. Ojo wondered how long one could live in such a condition, and if the leaf would gradually sap his strength and even his life in order to feed itself. The little munchkin boy had never heard of any person dying in the land of Oz, but he knew one could suffer a great deal of pain. His greatest fear at this time was that he would always remain imprisoned in the beautiful leaf and never see the light of day again. No sound came to him through the leaf. All around was intense silence. Ojo wondered if Scraps had stopped screaming or if the folds of the leaf prevented his hearing her. By and by he thought he heard a whistle, as of someone whistling a tune. <whistles> yes, it really must be someone whistling, he decided, for he could follow the strains of a pretty munchkin melody that Uncle Nunky used to sing to him. The sounds were low and sweet, and although they reached Ojo's ears very faintly, They were clear and harmonious. Could the leaf whistle? Ojo wondered. Nearer and nearer came the sounds, and then they seemed to be just the other side of the leaf that was hugging him. Suddenly the whole leaf toppled and fell, carrying the boy with it, and while he sprawled at full length, the fold slowly relaxed and set him free. He scrambled quickly to his feet and found that a strange man was standing before him. A man so curious in appearance. That the boy stared with round eyes. He was a big man with shaggy whiskers, shaggy eyebrows, shaggy hair, but kindly blue eyes that were gentle as those of a cow. On his head was a green velvet hat with a jeweled band which was all shaggy around the brim. Rich but shaggy laces were at his throat. 
A coat with shaggy edges was decorated with diamond buttons. The velvet breeches had jeweled buckles at the knees and shags all around the bottoms. On his breast hung a medallion bearing a picture of Princess Dorothy of Oz, and in his hand, as he stood looking at Ojo, was a sharp knife shaped like a dagger. Oh! exclaimed Ojo, greatly astonished at the sight of this stranger, and then he added, Who has saved me, sir? Can't you see? replied the other with a smile. I'm the shaggy man. Yes, I can see that, said the boy, nodding. Was it you who rescued me from the leaf? None other, you may be sure, but take care, or I shall have to rescue you again. Ojo gave a jump, for he saw several broad leaves leaning toward him. But the shaggy man began to whistle again. And at the sound, the leaves all straightened up on their stems and kept still. The man took Ojo's arm and led him up the road, past the last of the great plants, and not till he was safely beyond their reach did he cease his whistling. You see, the music charms him, he said. Singing or whistling, it doesn't matter which. Makes him behave, and nothing else will. I always whistle as I go by him, and so they always let me alone. Today, as I went by whistling, I saw a leaf curled and knew there must be something inside it. I cut down the leaf with my knife, and out you popped. Lucky I passed by, wasn't it? You were very kind, said Ojo, and I thank you. Will you please rescue my companions also? What companions? asked the shaggy man. The leaves grabbed them all, said the boy. There's a patchwork girl and a what? A girl made a patchwork, you know. She's alive and her name is Scraps. And there's a glass cat. Glass? asked the shaggy man. All glass. And alive? Yes, said Ojo. She has pink brains and there's a woozy. What's a woozy? inquired the shaggy man. Why, I, I can't describe it, answered the boy, greatly perplexed. But it's a queer animal with three hairs on the tip of its tail that won't come out and. What won't come out? asked the shaggy man. The tail? The hairs won't come out. But you'll see the woozy if you'll please rescue it, and then you'll know just what it is. Of course, said the shaggy man, nodding his shaggy head. And then he walked back among the plants, still whistling. And found the three leaves which were curled around Ojo's traveling companions. The first leaf he cut down released scraps, and on seeing her, the shaggy man threw back his shaggy head, opened wide his mouth, and laughed so shaggily and yet so merrily that scraps liked him at once. Then he took off his hat and made her a low bow, saying, My dear, you're a wonder! I must introduce you to my friend the scarecrow. When he cut down the second leaf, he rescued the glass cat, and Bungle was so frightened that she scampered away like a streak, and soon had joined Ojo, when she sat beside him panting and trembling. The last plant of all the row had captured the woozy, and a big bunch in the center of the curled leaf showed plainly where he was. With his sharp knife, the shaggy man sliced off the stem of the leaf, and as it fell and unfolded, out trotted the woozy. And escape beyond the reach of any more of the dangerous plants. End of chapter 10. Recording by Inga Parsons, Marblehead, Massachusetts. Website, ingaparsonslaw.com.